Hello, and welcome to Scuttlebutt, the war movie review podcast. We're happy to have you with us as we take a look at films from the dawn of cinema to today. We aim to provide a raw and unapologetic review of each film's cinematography, historical accuracy, and delivery. In the process of analysis, certain details will be revealed. These spoilers are only divulged to ensure a fair assessment of each film. We joined the French First Corps this week in Alsace with Jean-Pierre Dennis's 1987 Franco-Prussian war film, Field of Honor. As always, I'm joined by Mike A. Hello. Mike B. Yep. And Nate. <laughs> First try. <laughs> so guys, what do you think? Uh, well, after all of this levity uh, from this uh, intro uh, right here, oh, I, have to, I have to say... This movie, uh, I-, I was sad at the end of this fucking movie, you dude. You sure like, this did movie. pick a sad stinker there, Brian. Yeah, man. This like, uh. I mean, it's not a, not a ton of you know like tragic death and you know destruction and and all of this you know chaos and massacres and shit like that. But just the end of it with the how it ends, you know, I just man, it 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 really like really moved me. I, I was I was very sad at the end of this. The third act, I thought, was where this movie really shined. I thought. I kind of was picking apart the movie. I could see where it was going, but once the third act came and then it concluded, I was like, damn, that made it all much better than I was expecting. This was a real fucking shocker. No, I totally agree. Um, I just wanted to, you know, kind of get out of where we have been for a while, you know, get like an interesting European war. And I forgot what the fuck, Franco-Prussian. And I found this film and it's the most recent Franco-Prussian film ever made. And it probably will be for a long time. You know, 1989, I think. 87. 87. 87. And it really, really, really sad. Yeah, it didn't really go anywhere. It was, it said it was uh, like, it got some laurels and then it was like uh, submitted to Keynes and then that was it. And I I see why it didn't win. Um, You know, it's just, but it's a very interesting film. And uh, yeah, there was like, like you said, like the third act was really surprising to me. And that's what like really drew me in. I was like writing notes and stuff, like whatever. And then I was like, oh, fuck. Like, you know, now I really want to know what happens. And there was yeah, a lot of things that were just like, were so well done, and period, and drew you in, like the accents, like motherfucker. I was so well done. And when you read like a lot of memoirs, like I've fucking read a ton. Like for example, Guy Sawyer, he wrote um, Forgotten Soldier, which is like one of the best World War II Wehrmacht memoirs. Well, he's from Alsace, and he so the whole book he talks about how French people don't understand him and Germans don't understand him because it's this like really fucked up dialect. That's you know just in that region, those those two provinces. So I just I I did when I was watching the movie, like I did notice that it didn't sound like anything I had heard before. That kind of that language, you know, like I can usually pick up French or German, you know, I can oh, I can tell I can tell what that is. It was much more difficult with this movie. <laughs> yeah, well, they have the guy from Flanders in there too, which is also like really fucked up. You have Flemish, you have a bunch of different like regional things, but I didn't expect you know language to become such a factor in this and that i thought was really fascinating um and just goes to show europe at the time um but before we really get nick further into it like what do you think nate uh i feel like i'm like an uncultured swine i didn't like it <laughs> Ooh, interesting i it's fine i i mean it's interesting um the, the yeah the third act is completely you know kind of not the cliche kind of feeling but i was bored I was really fucking bored. Really fucking bored. Like, I I don't know what to tell you. It was interesting, but it was I was bored. I the language was interesting, but I I 
I don't know what to tell you. It's the first movie we've seen in a while where I'm just like, I'm checked out. Like, it's just... But you did watch what? the whole thing? Yeah. Okay, you stayed through Even it. Okay. I even watched when he called someone like a raping donkey something baby. I don't know. It was the thing where he has the axe and he's like about to strike a bunch of people. Like, I... Like, <laughs> I... I, I sound I I'm, I'm watching Brian's face as I talk and it's like it's really funny but like I I, I oh wait 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 to get to my my first I, I just too. I just didn't it's not bad it's just boring it's just, it didn't hold me I, I call me a simpleton call me like oh if there's not people beginning like dismembered and blown up that I don't have interest it just I, I I just didn't I just it just didn't grab me I thought it was a very interesting time period to do this in but i felt like you could do this t- this whole entire story in a completely other time period and still be the same thing i agree with that but and, and it, it's and been it, done it too felt, the soldier boy um, the soldier boy story has been done a lot throughout time uh, yeah. Well, yeah and i have some thoughts on mm-hmm. like anyway. like again like i'm not i'm not saying like don't watch it everyone should it, like i like i've said repeatedly over the over the over these podcasts so far it's like even if we don't like them even if the person like you you find their opinions to be very valuable in these conversations that we have still watch even if i don't like it like if you value my opinion shockingly still go watch this movie you might pull something out of it but to me personally i just was very bored i was very checked out um i thought the i thought the uniforms the uniform, the battle sequences, and that whole thing up to about I think when he finds the boy, I check out. Which is which is probably when you guys checked in, but like that's that's when I checked out. I was like, nope, yep, it's just not for me. It was interesting. I liked the like you guys were talking about the language. Um, I actually wanted to ask you a question: What language is that? Because it sounded French but German combined. Alsatian. No <laughs> it's both. Yeah, it's, it's, it's literally I've a never, mix. I've n- I've it's like Pennsylvania Dutch or Texas German. It's just like okay. a, it's a local the, the, regional the, dialect. Like I was saying okay. earlier, the, you know, the, the best. I think the best kind of like uh, comparison to make it to is like Yiddish, where it's oh, half okay. Hebrew, half German, right? Yeah. But in this case, it's half German, half French. French, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. So because okay. yeah, Alsace. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that later on, definitely. Yeah, so. yeah. Because it was it was just very interesting. Like. <clears throat> It kept throwing me off. Like I kept thinking, like the 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 merchant guy was like German, and then he spoke well, he half was, in French. He was like, Flemish. He was. Right. He's even. He's from like you know, uh, west or north, well, he's, he's northeastern he's French, French or, or or western Belgium. Yeah. Well, even the, right. Or yeah. The but like when he, when he when he first when he first started talking, I thought he was like German. I'm like, wait, no, right. Yeah. The, well, even yeah. the little kid when he speaks, it doesn't. It sounds you know, doesn't sound like pure German or anything like that. Right. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like that weird hybrid. But no, it's a very I mean soft like, accent. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, like again, I mean, like I thought it was a very well done film. I was just very bored. I could see yep. that. Yeah, we'll definitely yeah. touch that. Oh no, I can see it too. Uh, Mike, be I'll hand it off to you. Excuse me. Yep. And. So what you know, Nate was saying is, I actually with this one I agree. I was very bored because uh, what was the film we were talking about? Where it's like, are you gonna make a film about this war or the time period? Like, what was that? It was recent. Oh well, I t- I mentioned that when we did uh, Danger Close because I'm just like, are Danger you making Close. a war about yeah, Australians okay. to Vietnam or are you making a movie about the right. Battle of Long Tan? Because there's two different roads right. here. Okay, exactly. And so that's kind of the thing that I got was like. Oh, it's propped up to be a Franco-Prussian war film, okay? You know, like, it's it's involved. And yes, 
there are a lot of details about like whole the whole like um yeah you can sell your lucky number to a richer person that can pay you for it blah blah, blah. that actually hasn't changed but like um that whole thing like that's fine that's cool and like but here's the thing is they never explain in the film at all that they don't even give one sentence as to why they were going to war with Prussia ever. Not one word. And I, again, I get that's what the people might've thought. And like, that's probably the news they would have gotten is we're going to war, but like, why? Okay. Well, it would have been cool in the film's perspective to like, just give the audience a little bit of perspective like a uh, uh, background on it. Like why did Prussia go to war with France? Why was that? And you don't, you don't need to like spend 15, 20 minutes on that. You can just do it in a couple lines. Like just say it. They didn't do that. Okay. Whatever. So getting past that, it's like, okay, build up, build up, build up, build up, build up, build up. There's like a half-assed portrayed battle. With our, our, our protagonist, right? He escapes, gets out of the battlefield, blah, blah. And then it's just like this this weird trope story, like you were saying, of like, oh, the war child. Like, it's like, okay, we find the child and like, we got to protect him, bring him back and whatever. But it's like, none of that shit was realistic. Nothing. And like the combat... They showed like very little of that. And I know it's because of budgetary restrictions and all that shit. I get that. But if you're going to make this about the Franco-Prussian War, maybe give a little bit of context. Maybe show a little bit more of how the combat was because it was fucked up. And that's the thing we're, we're talking about in the second is like how fucked up the, that combat was and like the gear they had. Um, it's fucking insane. But like, it, and it's like, yeah, the ending, the third act was okay, but it was also very slow. And it was like, so this has nothing to do with the fucking war anymore, except for the fact that it's a looming, a looming thing, right? It's a looming evil. Go ahead, Nate. Well, like, it, 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 it's, it's a story set during the Franco-Prussian War, not necessarily a movie in the Franco-Prussian War. Like, 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 like. Like, there's no you again. I think what I said before was like you could do the story in any war or any setup with yep. the same story, yep. and then I think that's what I have a problem with is that. Granted, we can't pick what movie you know is in with with what war. This is the only one yeah. for this time period, so I get we don't have much of a selection. But like me personally, as a lover of historical movies, I'd rather see more of the time period kind of set out a little bit more. I mean, they did do that to a sense, like the wood chopping and the rich. The, the, yeah, the, yes, the, you yes, know the, yeah. the the people dynamics and and yep. you know the Prussians coming in and taking over and pushing people around and I I, I get it like they did do oh. that but I think I wanted yeah. less kid and boy and more of that like per se and I just whacked my mic I'm sorry everyone Brian no it, yeah but it, no it, yeah Brian go ahead yeah. um so yeah just to touch on a few of these points you know this is a French art house movie. Well, that's where, why I fucking hate it. <laughs> uh, I know, I know, I, I know that people usually beat to death with these films, and I understand it, you know. But just put it out there. So we're in a certain category of films, so that you do lose some things like descriptions and whatever, you know. 
So that just I'll just say that first how it's an art house movie. There we go. Um, you know, and I I think the tone was just they were trying to make it peasant matter of fact. That was one thing I did like about it. You know, I actually like that you don't really get a description. Why are the bells going off? Why are the fucking Algerians here? Oh, we're going to war. You know, like how you found out those things. And I, I like the way that this film really did a lot to set the vibe. Like I really felt like, you know, they were in the 18, late 1860s, 1870s. Like it had like a very Barry Lyndon feel, you know, like just they did a really good job of, of, of showing, you know, the era and everything and what was happening and even from the beginning with the audio cue you know this is what's happening like oh you could sell your number because when he was when he sold his number there there was any tension or anything you know i mean it was just the army he was doing something you do and also how matter of fact it is you know the bull dies what the fuck are you gonna do you know that's that's your livelihood that's your car so what the fuck and you know tough times mean tough decisions yeah well the whole film is just matter of fact you know and, yes. Yes. And yep. but to touch on some of your other things, you know, I really do agree that this film suffered from technical issues, a fucking lot of them, and budgetary issues. You know, soundtrack. But, well, I was gonna. The, the yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. I mean, the the, the well the, uh, the the overall look of it. I mean, the overall look is like you know TV movie of the week. That that look of the time. You know that that look where well sharps rifles. It really reminded me of Sharps Rifles in that I, era. I, I was, yep. yeah, I yep. was gonna say Sharps Which Rifles, ungentlemanly ungen- un- act. It's the same era, yeah, you know, yeah. A few, right. a few the, years uh, in between, but so we know they these films have a good track record. Like normally, the TV budget issues aren't. I mean, yes, they are issues, but they, but if they're good, they're good. Mm-hmm. Like Sharps Rifles is a, is a quintessential example of low budget great film. Oh yes, yeah. like mm-hmm. I agree of yep. of the same ish era. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. a portrayal era. Oh, so yeah. it's it it is it is possible, and I think there are like a few gems said, like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, well, I I think I think what Brian had said, like French art house film. Yeah. So I, I I think that's where I have my difference of opinion on what I would want to see in a film like this, and I think same with Mike. Um, you know, I I think, um, but it, it's it's very. Uh, interesting. L- looking back at it retrospectively, of the details of particularly when uh, the Prussians are in town, those details shined out to me, um, and I thought that was very interesting. Well, um, be- because we're yeah. here, fucking yeah, I love the uniforms. I thought they were really cool. Halfly because you know I'm just not used to this era. I know there's Zouaves. I know the influence, like because the American Civil War, they have a touch of that with like the Philadelphia units and things. Um, but I thought it was very neat to see, and I, they could be totally fucking wrong, and I wouldn't know. But I thought the Prussians looked really right. cool. I thought that the cavalry looked great, and there were some the Prussians. Very good can, can I just make one yeah. really quick interjection? Those bayonets, though. The Prussians. Um, well, yeah, we'll get to that. Um, the Prussians at that point, they would have been wearing field gray to an extent. Okay. Um, most of them are, would have been wearing the uh, Prussian blue tunics, like the really bright colored Prussian blue tunics. That in this film, I did not see. And it's like, well, okay. They're all wearing gray because I think what happened here is because the, the Prussians at that point would have been wearing Pickelhauben, right? They'd have been wearing the, the, the yeah. helmets or the, the leather helmets with the fucking spike on it. And, okay, that's fine. 
And I think what happened in this film is they just assumed that like Germans were Germans back then, but no, they weren't. They were Prussians. They were, uh, you know, Brandenburg. They were Saxons. They were fucking nation states. And the Prussians got all these guys to kind of fight for them. Yes. But they were also wearing the Fickelhauben, but they were wearing very brightly colored uniforms. Just like the U.S. was, just like uh, Britain was, just like uh, all these other countries were wearing these brightly colored uniforms because it was the, the black powder era, right? And they're still using black powder in this film. But, like, that's that's something to me, like, Feldgrau was kind of a sparse thing at that point from what I've researched. And they would have been wearing the uh, blue fucking tunics. And in this film, they're all... They basically look like World War I German soldiers, right? They're wearing Feldgrau with the Pickelhauben. And it's like, okay, so whoever made this film probably thought that's how they always looked. It's like, no, they didn't. Like, there's a progression in the uniforms and, like, the style of the Prussians. And also, when they did that, those couple scenes with... Um, the Prussians actually, I'll put this up in a second. Um, Nate, do you want to put the movie on, by the way? I, that's what I'm doing right awesome. now. Yeah, but in a second. But like, um, when they actually were in the town with the Prussians, they were doing the stereotypical like screaming German thing. The same thing they do, they do with like Japanese soldiers and all that shit. And it's like, it's 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 an image, right? And I get it, I get it, but like. Well, um, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's funny talking about, like, we all mentioned kind of like, you know, some of these cliches and stuff like that. Like, the the um, first half of this movie, I was just, like, picking out all of the stuff that I've seen in other movies that we've watched on this podcast. You know, I was like, okay, it has the uh, the whole thing about the the people back home getting the letters of people who've died from, you know, that, that's something that's in um, We Were Soldiers, you know. And it has the whole thing about being separated and... And being lost out in the wilderness, which is, you know, from uh, 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 Red Badge of Courage and things like that. And it has the look of kind of those 1980s made-for-TV things, you know, like uh, the All Quiet on the Western Front remake and all that. Um, but uh, the um, what I was just not expecting, I don't know if I was saying, yeah, I wasn't expecting it, is the fact that, because I was thinking this was going to be like, okay, you know, this is going to be kind of like the Red Badge of Courage. Eventually, he's going to come back either to his unit or to his town. And, you know, it's something is going to happen. And, but, like, the fact that he just he just dies. He just <laughs> yeah. floats away. Yeah. And just yeah. floats away. And then it just turns into this whole thing with this kid coming back. And I'm just yep. like, by the end of it, when it shows... And, like, his family has no, <laughs> has, has no closure at all. And... Uh, on what happened to him. It just really hit me that, that aspect of it, but everything else, like I can see, yeah, you know, it's, it's not a great movie at all. It's, it's, I think, I think it's pretty good. It's interesting, but that aspect of it, I thought was, I was like, wow, that's, I've never seen something like that in a war film. One of my favorite quotes from it is all the Napoleons do is take our sons. And I'm like, that's just a very interesting, very accurate statement of the time or any time from an old person too. Yeah, Like it's like, They've been there, and they, they've seen that multiple times, and it's like, yeah, it's very accurate. And then it's, like, it's like when they were in the barracks today. earlier on, you know, and the guy's like, oh, and I got two of the, those Austrians just like this, you know? And it's like the, some of the little older veterans. So, yeah, you know, it's every war. You, you lose some of your sons, fathers, uncles, you know? And they don't even mention what happens to his father. 
you know, like, oh, your father wanted to fight for this land, and then he's not there. So what war was he killed in and stuff? Yeah, it's just sy- systematic. You know? But uh, just the that aspect of the film, uh, and just the, the, having it end with that last shot of the boat going down the river, I was... Uh, for it, for some reason that, that just hit me really hard. Well, they, they they make it so it's like, oh, he's coming back to the farm. It's like fucking gladiator, no. except he lived. But nope, it's fucking somewhere on the CN, fucking you know, dead. Some, yeah, you know, yeah. Oh, how much money's he got on him? Like, uh, the artillery in the fucking woods was great. How like the trees were falling on guys and shit. I thought that was cool. And that was also a mm. big part of the war. The Germans had incredible the, artillery. In, the, in my opinion, this part, the combat scene was like the low point of the movie. Yeah. Yep. Well, <laughs> I, I really feel like there's a story we don't know here because they had to have filmed more footage with everything they had. You know? So I, I wonder if they lost shit or who the fuck knows. But it is Maybe. very strange. Um, Again, this is very World War One esque Like, as far as they're like filming the artillery like the artillery at that point was not that sophisticated they were just uh, iron balls was, right if you look into well, the war no, though they, had, they were the, the german artillery is the one thing that they talk about that was the most devastating thing the rifle sucks, sure but. yeah because of the numbers the numbers yes yeah and it's like yeah but as far as doing this to trees that's a world war one trope like that's or not a trope, but like it's a it's a they thing it. that they adapted from World War One. They had high they, explosive they, they in the American Civil War, though. So I mean, if a, if a high explosive ball hits yeah. a, hits an oak, I mean, how is it not going to be similar? Yeah, but it different doesn't hit an oak. It doesn't hit an oak. Like they're 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 trying to they're trying to portray like the fragments that come out from it as like cutting down trees. That's not accurate for the artillery that they have in this point in time. Like. 1870 and 1871. It's not. Like, it's not... It, you, yes, you, you, they had HE rounds. You know, they had fucking shrapnel well, rounds. I know. The more I think about it, the Germans actually had a breech fire in Krupp gun, which was used brass metallic cartridges. So... Please look that up and tell me what it is. Yeah, I will. But there was one thing I, when I did some research on this, is like the, the French Chasspot rifles were amazing. They were way better than the German rifles, but the German artillery was so devastating that it didn't matter because they were, they were breech-loading rifles, so... I think that's where the, the term Krupp steel comes from. You know, Krupp guns. Because they could break... Well, Krupp they, steel is... You know... They made shit through World War II. Like, they well, still make it was a it was a common term, but I think it this is when the, the term was created. Um, Probably. I don't know. I don't know. But, um, no, the artillery, it's not going to be hitting trees like... Or it's not going to be, like, hitting next to people and, like, cutting down trees like that. Like, that's... It takes a lot of fucking fragments to cut down a tree. I also, and, but I will, but I will say that if you're just talking about like fucking water, just fucking like talking about a cannonball, I've seen a cannonball snap a tree in half. Yeah, but, but in this film, they're not talking about cannonballs. They're they're showing like the progression of like oh fragments hitting a certain spot on a tree, and like I get it, it's your filmmaking, I get that, but like it's it's just not how that would have actually looked. Like, yeah, it would it would it would have fucked up the trees a lot, but like they're really going to a lot of World War I tropes about this shit. Like, and they're applying it to the Franco-Prussian War, which is just not accurate as far as artillery. So. That's what I'm saying. Like, this was the low point. And, like, this part right here where this guy just, like, a foot off camera, uh, yeah, just gets randomly Just randomly stabs him. That's what I was like, I'm done. Is that, that guy just, like, walking up to him? Yeah, like, what was that all about? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, what are we doing here? Yeah. Like, 
Really? <laughs> Might be. Just just in the uh, the the rifles themselves, I did notice that there was muskets for the Germans and uh, what I know that's not correct because I think the Germans would have had like Dreisel like Dreisel rifles. Like, yeah, um, the needle but they also, or whatever. Dude, here's the thing is like from what I've researched about this fucking war is the Germans were under-equipped massively. The French had better equipment, but the Germans outmaneuvered them. And like Brian was saying, with artillery and like their maneuvers, like their tactics, they just outmaneuvered them. It was very interesting. The Germans had incredibly good command and control, and their tactics actually differed from what you'd expect for this time period. The French were very used to fighting in lines and stuff, while the Germans at this point, they would actually promote squad and platoon tactics, firing and attacking from different angles. So they could quickly encircle French units and destroy them. While they would basically try, try and figure out what's happened, they would be encircled. Kind of similar to what happened in the Eastern Front with the German encirclement operations. Um, but it just came down to better command and control. I mean, you can't get better, you know, officers than Prussians. They're pieces of shit, right, but they yeah. fucking, they'll get you to fucking Paris. So. Right, yeah, yeah. No, yep. it was, it was, it was very interesting to see. At least for the because 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 uniforms and stuff like there's no way in hell I know any of that history. Yeah, me but, either. Yeah. But 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 the but the but the the weapons I could tell in a heartbeat that it was one of those things where it's like all right, well let's give you know Lee Enfields and, and replace of Henry rifles and hope no one notices. And that's kind of <laughs> what I feel like the muskets were as well. And I know you said the Germans were under under gear. Yeah, the Germans would have they would have been using muskets at this point along with the Dysa rifle. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 so, yeah. They they had like fuck all, and the French chassepot rifle. Like he has a blue yeah. tunic on that German cavalryman. No, but it's like, okay. Go back a little bit, Nate. Like ten yeah. seconds. Yeah, let's see if I can. I like too that scene because at least it took me a second. So this is when he he falls down. I did. I did find this this the one shot of all the. Okay, yeah. that, is yeah. that is a Prussian blue tunic. Yeah, that is a Prussian. That is what I'm saying. Is the like, black tunic you don't behind see is that, wrong? You, yeah. You don't see that for the rest of the film because they're wearing like Feldgrau, which, and there's there's some things that like they said in the film I can't remember right now. It'll probably come up in conversation, but like, again, they applied a lot of World War One shit to this film, and I can see that. But, yeah, the Prussian blue tunic with the red, yeah, that's 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 pretty fucking accurate. And yeah. this and this is this is just the scene where he comes out of the woods and it's everyone's dead he, in the field. He so he falls down and context. he finds the uh, artillery position that was attacked by the, uh, the Prussian cavalry, which I I really like the scene too. I thought it was very well done. What what I like about this scene is that you know all of these people they're dead, but like a number of their horses are just standing around. Like yeah. they they did those didn't get killed, but they're just they have nothing to do now. They have no one to. Do it to guide them or anything. I love so the just... riderless horses that multiple times as to like trying yep. to navigate the battlefield. I love that when I originally saw it well, for the first time in um, War Horse. I mean, obviously the horses don't die because it's PG thirteen, um, but I thought, wow, it's a very interesting, powerful statement. But then I see this and I'm like, fuck, this does it way better. Um, I, I I did like how the the stunt horse moves when he walks in front of it because he spooks it. Yep. You know yeah, exactly. Ground. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it's. Um, I didn't think that detracted. There's multiple. Yeah, there's like another one flitches his head and stuff. And I, that's see, cool. Oh, oh it, it didn't. It didn't detract it. It, no. it makes sense. It just. It just. It was funny. Yeah, it, but it, see, it, there's a number of horses just yeah. kind of wandering around now. What I thought when I saw yep. that, I'm like, they're witnesses to this crazy fucking battle, and they, you know, nothing. <laughs> like, yep, you know, let's graze. Like, they're it, just gonna eat grass now. 
It's better than like a fox being, you know, in a burrow in World War One. <laughs> you know, like this is like all quiet in the Western Front. I'd much rather have this portrayal of animals. I like the drum too. That that is that is something very impressive though of these older movies, especially these TV movies. There are these shots so that they do really, really, really well, where you just see people mm-hmm. you know, in a field, yep. Yep. and 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 all of it's real because they don't have the budget to fake it, so they're going to do it for real. They're going to have actual I, people out there. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that. That's also a, a thing that Sharps Rifles does as well, and yep. you know does yep. very well. Um, those uh those everyone laying down dead are probably all of the same extras who are in the battle seat oh, yeah. scene just before yep. this. Yeah. This is after lunch. But it's like, you it know it looks yeah. real though. It's like that's Oh it does. Like, yeah. yeah. And I love the real horses and everything too. Like how the cavalry react yep. and shit, you yep. know. And how their helmets are different and the fucking pennants. Like it, you know, it's a it's just interesting. It's a lot like Waterloo, um, but obviously on a quarter of the or tenth of the budget. Well, this is my opinion, like this is the last war. That was fought totally like in the old world. Hmm. Because if you look at the Spanish American war, they had modern rifles. It, the uniforms were updated and all that shit. They didn't have like the flashy <laughs> shit. Like they, they, they did to an extent like with the blue trousers and the gold stripes and all that shit. But like, look at his uniform. It's like you got the epaulets on there, the fucking, um, uh, the tassels and shit. Like, this was the last war that was actually fought with that like Napoleonic kind of esque um, flair behind it. Mm-hmm. And I agree, like yeah. as far as the uniforms, you know, because then you get into the Spanish American War, the Russo Japanese Wars, and they started to wear khaki uniforms. You know, well, and it's like okay, so. so I you know I know you guys will know, but do you know the reason that you know they wore such colorful uniforms? Yes. Why? To be able to identify their own troops versus enemy troops it, in the haze of smoke, which is black powder. Yep. Command and control, basically. You know, all oh, the Algerians were this, yes. the French, whatever, you know. And as yep. technology advanced, you know, it became where that was stupid. <laughs> you know, like when you could yeah, pick off people at these yeah. long, like the American Civil War really pushed that point home. And then Europe. You know, has the Franco-Prussian War, it which took, really it took pushes 40, that thing home, and it still well, it took didn't even 40 happen. Or yeah, fifty years actually. It took fifty years. Well, because you know, not not all the militaries in World War One, like and like the French entered with the really bright colored trousers and the iron gray, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, the iron blue, um, fucking overcoats. Like he's wearing, but like modified, and they did it in 1914, and they were like, oh shit. It, you know, so, you know. Yeah, it's just so interesting because, like, you know, this is the real last ter- territorial war in Europe, as far as I know, until, you know, 1914. And it's like... Well, this 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 war also heavily impacted and influenced why the Western Front happened in the First World War. So, uh, I'll admit, I'm not very good with history before, like, the Spanish-American War. I'm okay with Civil War. So it's like I watched this, and I'm like, oh, this is good, like, very interesting. And then I did a lot of research, and it kind of filled a lot of gaps, to be honest. Yes, you know, like, with the does. whole Paris yep. thing. It's like, I, yep. I do generally, but, like, getting back into it now that I'm so much, have more time for history and stuff, it's like, oh, wow, okay. You know, that this is why the, the bloody sieges in northeast of France happened. This is why France bled themselves dry. 
You know, this is why the LaBelle rifle was made. <laughs> this is why so many right. things happened because of the stab in the back of Napoleon III. You know? Yes. And it's the, and, it's the origin story. And <laughs> I, my, my honest opinion, like, historically looking at it, is I don't think the Western Front would have been nearly as big if, you know, non-existent as it was if this war would not have happened 50 years before or 40 years before. It's just interesting to compare the route to advance, you know, and how the Schlieffen plan was just a modified version of the, you know, the Prussian or Molka's plan. I'm not sure the actual uh, thing for it, a term for it, but, um, you know, it's just, and, and how close they got in 14 to doing the same thing they did in 70, you know? Um, right. And that this, that iron will of, you know, the taxi drivers and everything, yeah, they, as they, they say. They just changed the thing is they were like, we're going to go through Belgium this time instead of France, like head on, because, you know, it's Sedan, always like, again, Sedan is like the, the fucking linchpin. It's like the Malta of France, <laughs> you know, like every major army has to go through Sedan at some point. Right. And yeah, it's, it's, it's very uh, interesting. Like, cause I was telling Nate, I was like, you know, when I took a world one class in college, like it was a very in-depth, like cool class. And the first day he goes, all right, you guys want to get to World War One? Okay. Well, we're going to have to go back about 40 years. We're going to have to go to the Franco-Prussian War to begin to even become close to understanding how and why this happened. And, yeah, that, that convinced me that, like, um, if France and Germany wouldn't have had their fucking beef from this war in this film... Um, I don't know if that would have popped off as hard as it would have, or it did, you know. So Nate, well, I was gonna say, um, and when you guys call it, because I think we just need like one person to kind of do it. If can someone could give me a cliff note of why the Frank Impression War happened, because I researched it, but for people listening, they may not know. And Biz, I'd like yep. one of you two, to, or even Mike A, whoever wants to take a stab France, at it to talk about it. France was weak under Napoleon III, and Bismarck wanted to unify the rest of the German uh, Catholic states in the southern part of Germany, Bavaria, um, Baden, and everything, to the, the Northern Alsace German Confederation. Lorraine. Well, that kind of too, yeah. But he really wanted, he used the war as a way to really unify Germany. And also, as you know, Mike B said to take back some of their long lost uh, provinces. You know, Alsace Lorraine. It's a very important one because it, and then and you can go. But like, that was that was a huge province that Germany or the Prussians thought was part of the old Holy Roman Empire, and they're German people, but it's a contested state, and so that's why they're fighting in Alsace. So that was a huge fucking factor. It was cr- that bled into the first world. It War. was crazy to hear some of the older women speak in German and be like, you know, oh, you're betraying Emperor Napoleon, <laughs> you know, yep. it, like in German. And I thought that was really cool, you know, and it just goes to show the area. And that, that's like, again, where you mentioned earlier, accents come in so handy and just they really take this film in a different direction that you wouldn't expect, you know, um, very, very well done. But it, it's not the best shot film, obviously, and the quality sucks. Yeah, they're but, doing day for night right here. Yeah, blue light, blue lens. But um, you know, I think there's so many other parts of it that really bring it through. You know, um, and sound at points being one of them, like the the distant cavalry and everything, and the even the distant battle noises are pretty good at points. 
Yeah. Like um, I say, I, I really not like the jazz the, track um, though. But <laughs> yeah, that was weird. What was up with the saxophone coming in? Nineteen eighty-seven. Like, that's all I have to say. I was like, was this added later? Like, what is this? Did they have Bill Clinton do a cameo? Like, what are we doing here? You know? I thought it was maybe something that was, like, added later by our po- by the poster or something. Like, I was I didn't understand that at all. It was, like, um, okay for one scene, but they were, like, in the field. And I'm just like, I don't need, like, C minor right now. Like, you know, I'm good. <laughs> we're, let's, get, let's get to yeah. where we're going, you know? Um, like I say, I thought the, uh, the things with the, the kid and all that... Uh, paid off fairly well in the end. Although when the kids showed up, I was like kind of rolling my eyes. Um, and you know, like movies do, there are so many tropes with like kids in movies. And, uh, um, I understand there's like this language barrier between these two guys, between the, the soldier and the kid. However, one thing that movies usually seem to always do what I hate when it comes to kids is that they just don't say anything and they just act like they're brain dead you know, the entire time, like children aren't like that in real life. And I'm sick of seeing movies that do that. But, um, so that was one thing about this whole kid thing. I was like, really, we're doing that. (laughs) But, uh, again, I understand there's this language barrier between them, but even so, I think that the kid would maybe still be trying to make an effort to like, try to explain to him what's going on. My my parents are, I don't know where they are or something like that. You know, instead he's just like this brain dead kid who's just, maybe he's like, come and see, you know? (laughs) Maybe right, a, yeah. A German artillery shell in next to it. Oh, also, maybe for the, so. For, for the one scene where they run into like the Alsatians, like you know, running away from the Prussians, I totally got uh, what do you call it? Patriot vibes. Because they're like, yeah, they're on a yeah. ridge over a road, and <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh no, no. I'm like, is this where Aim they stole it? Small, miss. Yeah. Small. Oh my! Don't Aim say that. Small, <laughs> miss. Small. Aim small. But thank miss God small. it didn't didn't happen. I was very happy. Yeah. I was like, okay, there were no tomahawks. Yeah. <laughs> We'll get there. We'll get Dude, there. Dude, don't talk about the ghost of Kiev like that, all right? <laughs> He's melting ger- toy soldiers right now, you fucker. You know? <laughs> but, uh... Um, oh, these guys are wearing blue. Yeah. Yeah, though, that, yeah, exactly. Maybe it's the yeah. quality that made him look really bad at points. But they're all yeah, guys, like, like you said, that, in the black, so... Yep. Well, there, it's, well that it's guy in the back looks like ground. he's wearing yeah. black, but maybe it's blue. It's hard to tell with VHS quality. I know, yeah. right? Like I said, it's like, you know, uh... I'm home from school. It's 1997, and you know Ripley's Believe It and, or Not just ended, right? And now so, this is on. Yeah, yeah. This is, oh wow. Or this, you know, it's like you 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 fall asleep watching cartoons, and then you wake up at like one in the morning, and the just in the glow of your TV, and you're like just something in like the Franco-Prussian this. War. Like, yeah, oh, something like this is on. Yeah, yeah, right. You're like, what is this? Yeah, and then you'll never be able to find the name of it for like 35 years. Right, and you then, thought it was like a fever dream or something. Yeah, okay. exactly. And then yeah. you catch okay, a wait, 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 wait. I have, I have, I have a movie like that. And I'll, I'll we go all into do. A spiel. <laughs> and it was a movie. It was a horror movie, and it was people sneaking on in there. It was like they were in an alternate like universe, and there were these CG monsters that were like meatballs, and they uh, had the, like the Langoliers. The Langoliers, yeah. The Langoliers. Is that what that is? Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's the Langoliers. Oh, that's a, yeah, I saw that as a kid. Yeah. I've been trying to find out what movie that is for almost 25 it's years. The it's the Langoliers. Dude, it's based on that. a Stephen King book. Yeah, I saw it when I was like 10, and then we had to go to Florida or like Disney, and I was like, I don't want to go. Like, fucking, I don't want to fly. It was fly. in like the middle of the night, and I like, I don't remember. They eat time. It, it yeah, was the, like, the yeah. CGI is horrible. It right. really is bad. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Now they're gonna eat me. Like <laughs> yeah. that was the kind of quality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really Bronson Pinchot was in it from uh, you know 
Bronson Pinchot from I Perfect can't believe Strangers. both of you knew what that was. I've yeah. been trying to find that. I type I in like meatballs. I type in like meatballs airport, and I never get anything. <laughs> this is why you. And I'm well, like, I wonder why you know. Come down to Sabaro at Queens, you know. Here at JFK, we got a C rating for food, but we got good meatballs, so you know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the Langoliers. That's directed yeah. by uh, Tom Holland, not the Spider-Man Tom Holland, but hmm. Tom okay. Holland, the man who did the horrible Stephen King adaptations. He also did Thinner. He also did that one. Oh if you're, God! If, yeah. Damn. <laughs> so yeah, the Langoliers, Nate. Oh, okay. That's funny. But Mike, do you, Mike B, do you have one off the top of your head that you remember as like a kid you never knew? Um, you and I, you and I share the I same have kind one of childhood well. of being like in the front of the TV. I'll yeah. share mine quick. So I had a lot of insomnia as a kid, so I would just like watch movies, a lot of TCM and things, and that's where I think a lot of my love for films comes from. But I remember once I was watching a film, I didn't catch the name of, it, and I still can't find it. But it's really cool. It's a silent film from the twenties, and it's about a marine fighting in Nicaragua and Haiti. And like he's sent to like <laughs> South Pacific for a while, and he's just—it's just really horrible, rough living. But it's very period to the Marine Corps and stuff. And I've been trying to find it, but I, I just have not. But it's like hmm. literally a Bananas War film from like 1927. It's fucking really cool, and it's wow. very well done too. The Marines look—they got campaign hats that ex- look exactly as they should. So that's mine. Well, if, if anyone knows what it is, leave yeah, get, get, leave a comment or something for Brian <laughs> to solve his thir- well, almost thirty-year-old mystery here. Mine, uh, mine. I actually later in life found out what it was, and um, using Shazam. I, no, but it was uh, it just just through, from like people I follow on the internet. I discovered it, and I was like, I thought I fucking dreamed that movie. Um, and that was uh, this when I was a kid. I once saw on the Sci Fi Network um, this like crazy early '90s drug fueled thing about people at a freak show, and uh, <laughs> just you know. Like MTV to the max, stop motion claymation, just crazy. And uh, I later found out it was called Freaked from 1993, and it was made by um, what's his name, the guy who did uh, Bill and Ted. I'm, I'm gonna look um, that up. Huh. Yeah. Oh, so like, yeah. So if it's, it's like Bill and Ted goes to hell, it's that kind of freakiness, right? Too, yeah. Made by the guy who, uh, not Keanu Reeves, but the other guy. Um, and you um, said it's called Freak. It's called Freaked from 1993, and it is like a fucking trip. And I, I learned that it was, it was, uh, had this, <laughs> yes, yeah, just from looking at it. Like, <laughs> wow. I found, I found out that it would have this huge budget, but like no one knew what the fuck to do with it when it came out. So they just released it on VHS. Um, and, uh, but it had, oh, it had this yeah. humongous budget. So like the effects and all, and all the makeup are just, it shot really well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, but, uh, but I remember seeing that on TV and I was like, I must be like, you know, tripping or something because it, it, it is fucking crazy. And then later in life, I was, it came to my mind. I'm like, what the hell was that? It's I like up, I was, dead like, alive, but with a lot more funding. Like, it's got, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's got William Sadler in it too. Right. That's crazy. Wow. He gets uh, huh. dissolved and turned into a giant shoe at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a trip. Like when you That's watch it. Like, Lang, yeah. Lang, hold on. Langoliers. Lang, Lang, if you happen to have like a strip of acid and it's Friday night and you want to watch a great movie, go watch, watch Freaked. Okay. Man. Okay, watch Freaked and then do a, do a double feature with the Langoliers. If you type in Langolier meatballs, you just get meatballs on Google. No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Some like Italian guy throw meatballs at a camera. 
The yeah. Langolier. There's a TV series. Yeah, it's like it's... a two-episode thing. It's like a little yeah. mini-series. What? I, remember, I think I saw it on like HBO or something. Yeah, with, with Bronson Pinchot screaming like a madman. Stephen King makes a guest appearance at the end. Yep, that's it. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, my God. It's just they're, as awful they're as they're I eating, remember. They're eating the airport as they fly away. <laughs> they're eating through the suit. Yeah. They're, and they have to fly through a giant thing in space. Well, which the run, like a the, CG, the CG, the CG, the CG runway. Was, We're so off topic right now, but the CG runway is so bad. I think it's it was bad, yeah. kind of, yeah. and I don't want to say because it's Stephen King, but there's a really good Twilight Zone episode where these people are flying from London to New York. Have you guys see, heard of this? Um, no, and no. they like they fly, they hit this ton of turbulence, and then they can't reach JFK, and then they fly around Manhattan Island, and there's dinosaurs on it. Like, oh, fuck. And somehow they flew back oh, to, like... Oh, I remember that. And but I don't have any idea what it they, is. They fly back oh. to, you know... The Odyssey of Flight 33? Times. I don't know. I, I honestly had no idea what the episode's named. I'll have to okay. look it up. What, but what they fly... turned into the, the dinosaur sitcom team? Uh, well, but they, fly, <laughs> they, they fly... The baby God, I love me. <laughs> they see, like, a bronchofuckingsaurus, like, you know, on Manhattan Island. They're like, oh, shit. So they fly back. Bronchofuckingsaurus. They, they try to fly back, like, through the, 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 the vortex, and they do. Jesus Christ. And they, they, like, they, they go through the turbulence and everything, right? And right. they go back to New York, and they get a call sign, but it's 1947 and they're in a plane that can't land on the runway because it's too, too short. So like, mm. is this crazy fucking just conundrum and it ends with like, and they, they're trying to fly back to see if they'll get closer to their time and everything. But, um, just talking about like Bronco-fucking-saurus. Kind of <laughs> Bronco-fucking-saurus. That should be the name of a band or something. But, uh, <laughs> Put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> There's some Broncos issues here. It, it's, not, it's not a big <laughs> deal. <laughs> I got the fucking bronchitis. <laughs> so, 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 so to, com- to complete the circle here, Mike, do you have a movie that... Uh, that you're, when you saw years ago, you're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I, I still know the name of it. I, I, I learned it. I learned it a couple it. years ago, and then I, yeah, I'll describe it. Yeah. So it's they're on an aircraft carrier, and it's modern, and then they go back to like World War II days, and they capture final countdown, like a G- the final countdown from 1982. <laughs> okay, it's got. Uh, so go, keep, keep explaining it. Keep no, explaining it's got this. fucking I, Charlie I Sheen it in it. It, it yeah. I don't. I don't fucking remember. It was oh, when well, I was a kid. I was like, keep, keep, I didn't. I didn't I give a fuck what Tiger Blood was when I, when I was like fucking seven years old. Yeah, they fly, I didn't they, fucking they, care. They go back in time and they end up right outside Pearl Harbor like the day before the attack, and they don't know what to do. And they're like, "You have an F fourteen fighter wing. Will you find the Japs?" And they don't do it. Right, and like, but it's like through this like wormhole in the Pacific. Like, yeah. they they, yep. they go so, in and like, yeah. They, it's uh, it's not. It's no. Sorry. Because uh, I know the movie now. Now that you're talking about it, because I remember seeing this, it's not Charlie Sheen. It's Martin Sheen, his father. He's oh, the one okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. I knew it was, there was and Sheen. Kirk, <laughs> Kirk Douglas like is the star of it. Yes, I, I don't know. That I makes a hell of a difference. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what. I don't know what's worse: the fact that the fact that that's a movie, or the fact that. Bry knew exactly what you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> well, as soon as I said they took out Japanese Japanese POWs, he was like, yep, bam. And I'm like, because the one guy escapes and the Japanese guy mm-hmm. grabs an M16A2. Yeah. And he's like, fucking, 
you know, oh, I'll shoot you guys, whatever. He doesn't know how to work it, but like he's he's got it, a gun. It, it's like one of those time and, warp yeah. movies, you know. And and again, right. And I actually, I actually love that shit. I would love to like. So why don't fucking why don't we, do shit? We, we'll get back to the that? we'll get why back to the we Frank. That? We'll get back to the Frank Prussian <laughs> War. We can as a spoof. But um, the last thing, my favorite Twilight Zone episode of all times is these guys are they're in a Stewart tank, and they're on maneuvers, and they again end up through going through something. And oh, they and they end they, up they, the, yeah. the Battle of Little Bighorn. Yeah, and, with the oh, wigwam. Yeah, yeah, and it's mm-hmm. so good. One of them like gets killed. Yeah, and so but they run out of gas, and one of them gets killed. He gets an arrow through him, and the other two guys, at the end of the episode, well, fuck it, and they get carbines out of the you know thing, and they yeah, fall. they're like, they, fuck it, we're gonna they do go this. to the and at the very end when they have the monument for Little Bighorn, their names are on it. Yeah, you, yeah. you have their graves, but uh, that's yeah. my favorite one, you know. But and I always that's fuck it. That's interesting, yeah, because yes, if you go back in time, that's cool. You have an MG forty two in the Rev War, you know, <laughs> cool. That's, yeah, that was the one complaint. Thing? Like, fucking, yeah. dude, I would totally strip the tank. Fuck, there's 42, 250 yard ammo cans in there. If you know where you're fucking going, <laughs> you can fucking inflict history. What, two brownies yeah, so, and so like. You're, you're going you're gonna to carry that on foot? Brian, dude, the you TV. Got a fucking pr- stick. The, you can carry the like TV at least production. Five, you know, 3, the TV rounds. production did not have, they could not get those guns. <laughs> I guarantee you. They're built they, into the stirrup. I understand. But like, again, <laughs> they were it, not there. It, 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 two pins, coax gun, fucking okay. You got Winchester. Yeah, so I got a brown. You're going to hump that go. shit. You're just going to hump that shit on a prairie, which I don't know if you've ever been on a prairie where it's literally a desert with like three feet of grass. It's you can not always good. abandon it. <laughs> and like, you can always drop it. it you're you're going to walk for about three miles and then you're going to be like, Oh fuck, we're dead. Yeah, well, they they never like, did that during the Second World War, at all. You know, can't carry a Browning over terrain. Nope. You you should you should look at the Dakotas sometime. <laughs> I'm pulling. You should. Up, I'm pulling up IMFDB real quick. Hold on. Oh, okay. So, yes. Yeah, I forgot we were talking about a movie. Yeah. We so have, anyway, yeah, we're, we're going uh, back in time to the <laughs> Franco-Prussian yeah. War this week. <laughs> Obviously, we're just shooting we the shit about, at this point. We want to talk about uh, anything but this fucking movie. So. It, as, as Nate um, uh, brings it up, though, I'll say some cool things So about the Franco-Prussian War. Shockingly, there was one for this movie. I didn't think there was. Yeah, I was surprised I, to see it, too. Surprised, too, yeah. Oh, so oh, this is this is fucking interesting. Really quick, I'm looking at it already. The Gras Model 1874. Well, what year did the Franco-Prussian War take place? 1871. Okay. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> just I just I just wanted to make sure I wasn't going fucking totally insane. Well, yeah. right. <laughs> this was the first war they actually uh, took a photo of combat during. Like they actually had both sides. There's a guy in a hill nearby, so it was kind of interesting. What you mean, like in real life? They, they, as they uh, were uh, as they were fighting, he actually took a photo, and you could. It's the first photo actually ever in combat, and it's like you know German troops advancing on French troops. Can you find that? Yeah. Yeah, why, why don't you find it and Franco, fucking we'll put you on the stream. I just imagine how fucking blurry cool. that might be because of how long well, it would take. Well, blurry and boring. Like, it's like, this going to be it's gonna be like uh, a bunch of shit. First it's like, combat oh, because combat's not as cool as people think it is on film. No. You know, like, it's like when you capture it, it's just going to be guys like walking. It's yep. But I found it. All right. You found it, Nate? I think so. I just have to. I just have to. St- I'm gonna just. Yeah. Do my oh window. shit. Yeah. I'm got a big ass, window. big ass uh, handprint on the upper right part of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See that? Fucking... Well, Sedan was uh, <laughs> surrounded. They're also marching there. these guys in formation down a fucking road. Yep. 
How fucking retarded? Well, they, they actually did it in the First World War as well. Mm-hmm. At Mons. Like the first big battle between the Germans and the Brits. Yeah, look at the, the house shit. on the right. It's got fucking holes all around it. Like, that's, that's, yeah. that's crazy. It's an interesting side bit, you know. Because it's, you know, looking at the 19th century, um, the Crimean War, which is about 15 years before this, that's where, like, war correspondence yep. becomes huge. That's where, like, you know... That's also a very important war. Very, yeah. So the Crimean War and the, and the Franco prussian War are literally, literally catalysts of why the First World War happened. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's fucking insane. You, we'll, we'll do that on a different. You all got to. Oh yeah. We, well, um, we are, we will eventually do uh, the Charge of Light Brigade. So Sean wants to join us for that. So that'll be really cool. We can touch on Crimea and everything. And, yeah. So uh, in this picture, right? Um, I know you guys can't see it that are listening. Um, there's two rows I'm, of guys. I'm, I'm probably three, gonna, three I'm rows gonna, of guys. I'm gonna, at least I'll have it up for YouTube. Uh, hopefully. So. Yeah, we'll link okay. it in the so description. Okay. There's three. There, there's three rows of guys in a field that's overlooking like a, vi- a small village. There is a formation, like very tightly fucking marching it's like a company. Like it's at least a company. Yeah. It's, that's at least a hundred guys. And there's fucking people right? in the road who are dead. Yeah. Right. And they're just marching forward because there's their officer, presumably like on the horse behind them. And it's like, what the fuck is going on here? And so I, I would assume that, so these are Germans, right? Or Prussians, rather? Yes. I'm sorry, Prussians. If you actually, now I notice it. So if you look down the road, even, there's another company coming. A Titan formation. Look at that. So there's oh, two yeah. companies on the road, and you get two lines of skirmishers Jesus out Christ. Front. Like right there. Yeah. And the whole bunch of... Oh, I bet you there's another company f- behind that house. What a fucking slaughter. There's people just laying on the road, like probably, you know, just got hit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is what's crazy, what you Because know? we're talking slaughter. about context like, and I mean, everything. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm working on this crazy documentary about like combat correspondent and stuff. So when I came over this, I'm like, oh, it's fucking interesting. So 1850s, you had the first war correspondence. Then 1870s, well, you have a lot of photography in the American Civil War, but that's after the fact. You know, that's of bodies and yeah. everything. But 1870, bam, you have your first combat, you know, your photo taken under fire, literally. And it's just fucking crazy. And the this, the person, is, this is astounding though. Yeah, yeah. the this person 30- who developed it has their handprint. I don't know if you can yeah. see that on the upper yeah, the right part. Print. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep, that's their palm. I can see. Yeah, that's it, the palm print. What's crazy is this is thirty-five or forty years after photo- the first photograph is taken. The eighteen twenties is the, when the first surviving original photograph we have is a different. It's not. It's a, a different style of photograph, but the first one exists. It's and like you can you tell know, this is common because some of the guys are blurry, but like well. Mm-hmm. That must have been like the top of the line fucking camera that they could have had back then. And I'm again yeah. not a uh, photography expert, but like, because this thing is like these guys are actually in motion. This is not a training event. You can see cameras of the time. Unla- unless look at unle- this oh, guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at this guy. Full Wilhelm screen yeah. right there. Yeah. So yes, okay. Different fucking perspective and thoughts on this right now. Mm. What if this is? actually after the fact because that first company we don't know where they're facing they probably wouldn't march guys 100 yards away from each other with the modern day rifles that they had what if this is right after a battle these guys are uh pulling security on the town and the houses they just got shot at from and then they're marching one company two companies 100 yards apart forward 
And that's well, actually a German company. That might make sense because the house on the right, in the in the far foreground, the closest thing to us, is just riddled with bullets. That's it's fucked up. Yeah, this it, it, could it's this like, could be the yeah. front line, and these guys are coming in to reinforce them too. It's hard to say. Like, it, it could have been the front line, and then they they just won this battle. The French retreated, and then they're like, no, no, all, all the jokes but about but oh, the French retreat. But, but like, there's 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 all these mid motion things. So it makes me think. And look, they're they're facing at the camera, so this actually looks like they're firing at the camera. So this looks like these are guys. Are there's also a horse at the head of the column. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on the road and, right and, there. It's because of this T pose guy right here who looks like he's been hit. It something. almost looks like the, there's two officers talking about what to do. As the men fight <laughs> in the middle of the road in front of that first company, it looks like these guess, guys are yeah. just like they just they just fought their fight, right? They they were engaged, right? And they survived. And I mean, obviously, it's it's very close to a battle. It's just how far away was it? Like five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. Yeah, minutes. it's it's interesting to say, you know. You know? So yeah, uh, and, yeah, Nate, you definitely have to put this on. If the, you look in the, the back hills yeah, too, yeah, you yeah, see I all that smoke. It. Yeah, I was just going to black powder. That, yeah. That's that's oh. from their artillery. Yeah, mm-hmm. and actually, there in the foreground, there is a good deal of in the wheat field. I mean, it could be knocked down from guys marching, but a good deal of that's not a wheat field. That's a that's a that's actually a garden. Oh, okay. They're growing cab. No, they're growing cabbages, turnips, and other shit there. Yeah, it's in rows. It's it, it's not like a mm-hmm. like the thing in, in the very foreground might be, but again, wheat fields they would have they would have fucking. Been the non-road like, field, center of left frame. Dude, <laughs> dude, we should fucking do this again. We used to do this shit on my uh, uh, live streams on, on on YouTube. Yeah, is like we just analyze fucking historic photographs. I love doing doing that shit. You got another one, but well, it's... yeah, we we should start doing that again. Like, yeah, okay, but like, uh, idea. We'll, we'll talk about that after the podcast. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. No, but because this is. This is something that, like, okay, we, we have this presupposed uh, kind of idea of what this should be, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's combat footage, right? But there's guys laying down. There's guys kind of sitting down. There's the T guy, you know, just going, whoo, shit, fuck. Always and a T-pose guy. Like and, Always. But after a firefight, hey, fuck, you know, anything goes. But then they're marching two companies, which looks like they're marching two companies down this fucking road, which means... It looks like they just took this little farm area. Mm-hmm. And these are the guys on the line that would have been duking it out with these guys, which is shitty. If you're out in the open, you're getting hit from a house that's like a huge position of cover. Not good. And so these guys might have just fucking been like relaxing, going, well, fuck. From the caption, this was a French photographer standing on the French front bastions looking at the Germans advancing. So okay. that's what it says. And that, that's, that's, that's what, what it says. says. Yep. And so the, all that fire in that first house could just be, you know, defensive hey, Nate, fire. Can you, can you possibly zoom in? I know it's going to get grainy, but like, yeah. can you zoom in on the guys that are in the foreground, I'm like really to, close to us? I'm trying to remember. Oh, the there's more. That's, that. It's the first of a series of photos. Well, I mean, yeah, can, we'll, we'll get to that. I just want to see. But one shows his position really from another angle. I'm going to do a, an image search on this and see if I can find maximum, like high quality versions of it. Yeah, because this is actually important for, like, our review on the film is, like, we know the combat was fucked up. It was insane. Okay, so. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. He ha- fell back from that position because it was overran. There's three photos. Um, so you guys have seen the first one. 
I'll send the second one. Oh shit, that's way far back. Okay, yeah, so, so look, they're shoot, they're, so watch. they're shooting down right Here's that image thing. cropped, okay. ready? He's falling yeah. back. So. Oh fuck, yeah. They the house position. Right there. There's yeah, the house. The house, right the house the the, Okay, so see way back there, the company is much far, farther back in this photo. That's probably oh, the second shit. company now so, advancing. And yeah. dude, yeah. dude, what this was is it was probably like from what I surmised from the photos, obviously we don't we don't know. They lost like, their position. They got up there. They they thought they could just march in because oh look at the amount of fucking uh, bodies on the road compared to before. Mm-hmm. And in okay. the field too. They might have just marched them in there like they did in World War One. They the, the the Germans did this in World War One. The Prussians did it. I'm sure then they got cocky and they're like we're marching in in formation because this is our fucking territory. And they got picked the fuck off and then they got pissed and then it kind of scattered. Holy right? shit. Okay, this is why I love... Yeah. I can't say this term that I love, but I love the internet sometimes. Look at this. <laughs> Here's the location it happened at. <laughs> Somebody's mapped oh, it out. Damn. Yeah. The house still exists. That house is still there. Fuck. Wow. First, yeah, second line, first line, column. And here's the nice. last photo. Okay. It's very similar to the second. I know you guys are listening to this. Like, you guys we'll are like... We'll link it all. Yeah, oh, shit. Right. And Nate, Nate's got Nate's to work on this one for... This kind of, we should definitely. This is so fucking cool yeah, no, because I'll, I'll, it I'll, is. Yeah, I'll sync it with everything. I it, dude, it's one of the first photographed um, scenes of combat, and it's like I fucking love this because we, we we have to figure out what the fuck is going on. Yeah, here. it's like solving you a know? crime or a mystery or something. Yeah, right. but they were def- it's like they were we, definitely pushed back from that position. Oh shit! So. This guy is a French photographer. He's a French photographer standing with the defenders, and he took the first one as the Germans advance, and the second one as they were pushed back, and the third one, you know, obviously as they were being routed. Yeah, this is fucking. Uh, well, it's real history, you know. And this mm-hmm. is like, I, it's really cool to like look at this and be like, "What the fuck was going on here?" Because a picture says a thousand words. Okay, no, it says more than a thousand fucking words. It's like, well, what the fuck actually happened at this battle? Because. It looks like a modern battle, except they're in line formation my, because um, of their weaponry. You know, my so. connection to history has always been the human touch. Dates and places, whatever, you know, but yeah. like just getting... The, they're written down for a reason. Getting yeah. the human, you know, connection to Waterloo or, you know, uh, the Somme or whatever, you know, is just what I find interesting because then you can really put yourself in those shoes. So something like this is just really, really cool because you, for, you, could, you could literally watch it pan out in front of you and you could get the human connection, you know. Here's thirty dudes shooting at thirty dudes. Fucking somebody's gonna get hit. Do you notice? Do you notice the dude up in the window on this one? Oh yeah, you're right. In the, 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 uh, he's yep, up yep. in the window. And I just noticed the, the other skirmish line to the right of the house in that field. Shit, man, fucking eight. Like we. <sighs> I think this is a wider version of, of the one you're looking at now. And they're it, still it, it lining is. up. They're still fucking lining up. Mm-hmm. Like they did in the 19th century. They, they're still, and they did it in World War One at the beginning. Yeah, they're still lining up. <clears throat> That's how warfare is done. And then a couple guys are getting into the house, helping him up there. Oh, yeah, you, you're, you're a better shot than us. Yeah, guys that are listening, like, Nate's going to be a real gent and, like, Nate, show this Jamie, shit. Nate, Jamie, Jamie, you should cut this out into its own video. Jamie, 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 pull it up. Just, like, make sure this gets in there. Make sure this gets in there. Put a Canadian bobblehead of, like, Mike B. Like, wow, wow, we're talking about it. They were turning the frogs gay even in the 1870s. That's what I'm telling you. It's been a globalist conspiracy since then. Did you approve him or? 
No, no, one second. I'm doing it right now. He, yeah, he hasn't done it yet. But like, no, this is this is we, we should fucking do this. We should. So, yeah, I love this shit. So this is the first. Uh, it's one. fucking. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the yeah, first you can one. See the, the two, the two like companies marching down that road, right, yep. right in here, and then the second one, not very, not the best quality, but yeah. uh, and I then think who's the, taking this rushed because and know. then the th- we'll see like there's just some guys right here. Then then the third one, you see there's like more dead people around here, mm-hmm. and I think yeah, there's so more they're, flanking they're getting their that shit right. shoved in that field. Yep. yep, they're getting their shit shoved in, and they know it, but they're not going to retreat. But like, yeah, it's fucking fucking crazy, it's man. F- fucking insane. It's yeah. insanity. Yeah. You know? See, like, it's there insanity. Are not, there are not that many guys here, and then the next one, there's a whole bunch of guys here. Yep. They're, they're using the ditch along yeah, the they're side up of the road. On the, they're, yeah, they're up on the fucking mm-hmm. little fence. The fire the probably road. got yeah. so adva- so crazy. Right before this day, the two officers are conferring, you know, oh, what are we going to do? And the next thing you know, they, they broke up their company and sent the men, one through the field on yeah, the right, all, all the other one up the ditch. Rounds start hitting near them, and then yep. they, they go, oh, fuck, mm-hmm. we got to get back. I think mm-hmm. the second one, let's go back to that, Michael. Yeah. Um, I love the puff. You could really see the, sh- the shooting in this photo. Oh yeah, just even like, for the, the woods in the oh, background yeah. too. You know, yeah. Like all look the, at the all this shit. shit. Look at this right here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and those guys, like, so those rifles, like, they're accurate, but like they're not fucking smokeless mm-hmm. powder, like LaBelle accurate, right? These guys are like being ordered to shoot a volley, but they're like, "What the fuck are we shooting at?" We're just trying to keep their heads down. And the Germans, if these guys are French, which I think they are because I've seen Kepis and I'm looking really close. I see black powder smoke in both directions. <laughs> no, that's so what I mean. Like, that's what I mean. Like, it's these guys are, sh- it's, it's, it's literally like you're just lobbing fucking rounds at each other. It's not super accurate because that's probably about one, two, three, four. That's probably about 400 to 500 yards or meters, approximately 600 meters. That's a long distance, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the the shit that they were they were counting on in the first world war at the beginning. They're like, well, you know, we fought wars before where six hundred meters, yeah, we could just line up in a line formation and volley fire, mm-hmm. and we would get some hits. It was like, well, now you can actually aim and you can actually hit your target at six hundred fucking meters. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, let's spread it out more. Well, oh fuck, we're taking a lot of casualties. Let's dig in. And, like, again, this is why, like, yeah, this is fucking awesome um, photography, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I still love how the first one's, like, manicured nice. Oh, they're coming. The officers are conferring. We're, we're coming oh, at the road. Go, go back. And then the next quick. one, it's rushed. And the third one is even more rushed. So look at the dudes in the field right here. Um, right like here? fucking, uh, no, on the left. Okay. On the left in the field. Those guys, those guys are running back. It looks like they're running to the ditch left to right. Well, they're running back. They're not. They're they're running away from the there's, fire. There's guys. There's guys dead on the road all the way up too. If you look at that. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, I know. And there's guys dead in the field right where they're at. These guys are running back, mm-hmm. trying to reposition or something. I just noticed that. Like it's like, yeah. So something went heinously fucking wrong. Mm-hmm. In this in this battle, so it's see, it's crazy. You know? That guy, someone's dead right there, and then the next, yeah, see the next. Yep, bodies are still there, but the line is completely gone. Um, yep, and it's just those three. There are no more. That's all the ones I could find. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that's I mean, fucking awesome though. Like that's a great fucking he's, set of images. He's lucky to get those three. You know. And, oh uh, man, because <laughs> he was getting shot at too. That's the thing is, yeah. like, he was taking fire. 
you know, and with those like, old cameras damn. back then, yeah, I'd like to set that up and oh, yeah, they're setting it up and like getting the shot, and all of a sudden, yeah, rounds fucking impacting. It's like, well, how long do I stay here? Oh, oh get the shot. Um, very may very may well be the only photographs of real line formation combat in existence. That's what wow. the description says. Yeah, yeah. That I, I wouldn't disagree with. No, unless well, I've seen we were some. saying earlier, it's like the last territorial war in Europe, and was just. Well, the and time what you said was with the, with the American Civil War. It was like after the fact. It was like, mm-hmm. you know, it was after the fact, and it was like, okay, we're we're showing the bodies, which is really fucked up, and people actually were able to see those. You know, not a lot of people, but like some people were able to see like, this is what a battlefield looks like after the battle's over. Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. just a million dead fucking bodies. And yeah. then you get pictures of generals and people, whatever. Okay. But this is actually, this is actual combat footage. Mm-hmm. The first of which the combat is fucking footage. nuts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not bodies, this, not aftermath. This is as it occurred. You know, sucks. that's yeah, really I, fucking impressive. I could stare at these for hours and hours. I love the name too, Battle of Sudan. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just matter of yeah. fact. It's like, yeah, okay, here, here are the Germans. Yep. They, they, they arrived. Whoops, you know, like. Well, I'm gonna save all these photos and then look at them all in more detail later. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that's fucking amazing. That's um, really cool. And so to tie it back to you guys that are listening and you've watched, and Nate's gonna be very fucking kind and put those in the. Uh, the YouTube's, the, uh, yeah. The YouTube's. Um, I'll link. I'll link the photos in in the in the yep. podcast form as well. If you're, yeah, dude, it's all good. Just it's, don't it's just, just don't like, look yeah. the photos while you drive. You shot you, you, you heathens. We're gonna say that after <laughs> yeah, we I, talk about the photos. <laughs> but I, I would encourage you guys, like they're listening, if you're still pull into a, a text stop. <laughs> yeah, you should definitely look at those photos because even though they're like uh, you know to nowadays standards like shitty quality, blah blah, blah it does tell a story about like, cause that was probably like two or three hours. If you think about it, like that was, it took a long time and that battle shifted that quickly. And they've got that on film. Fucking amazing. It's, it's impressive. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, let's, let's go through IMFDB. <laughs> Fuck I, you, Nate. I don't know, fucking I, laugh at me. You that, piece of shit. That's IMFDB. Uh, there is actually one for this, for this movie, shockingly, yeah, um, only like three, but uh, yeah. we at least do it. Um, so uh, it's not they, a it's not a Grom model 1874, even though that's what they use in the film. Mm-hmm. I'll give them that with the bayonet. Actually, they don't have the correct bayonet either. Um, the Shaspo 1866 rifles are what they would have been using. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, they just hit. Uh, oh my god. I'm reading this and I'm like, I'm a fucking know-it-all snob piece of shit. <laughs> yes. So, but okay. So the uh, the Grom model 1874 is gonna be easier to get, and then I get that. So, oh for sure. And for blanks but and everything the, too. Was the bayonet exactly. least, was the bayonet at least correct for the Grom? No. Okay. Well, well for the Grom, yes. Yeah. yeah but yeah, they actually right, yeah. they actually use Shaspo bayonets, the curved oh, really? ones. The oh, yeah. I love the curved like, bayonets. That was. Cool. I saw when he put it in, it was like pointed down. Yeah, like yeah. It well, it curves. Yeah. It's like a a Shaspo bayonet is. It's a it's a nasty motherfucker. Mm-hmm. It really is, and uh, they actually use those through the First World War, which the, is do, insane. Do you, They're very interesting guns. Sean has one actually. Yes, yeah, uh, Shaspo or Gras. 
Uh, I think Shas. He, yep. he pointed that bayonet at me when I visited him the other day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, they're really fucking... But they, they were also like they could fit under the fucking gra. It, That's it's the cool thing to see them in yeah. mass, you know? Yeah. Well, they had the gear, like, I, again, I can't comment on that. I don't know the uniforms or the gear. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, they were side-mounted bayonets. Imagine and the whole that actually film makes that quality. a <laughs> Dude. <laughs> right? Yeah, I would have But it makes a lot of sense to be a side-mounted bayonet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Germans did that through the 1888 commission rifle. And then mm. they went with the the bottom-mounted bayonets, which, like, this makes more sense because it, it can go between ribs a lot easier if it's side-mounted. Really? Mm. But oh, That makes sense. I mean... Not not well, to get, like fucking grotesque, but like well, well Brian, but the ribs, Brian, the ribs are horizontal. The blade is vertical. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, well, what's the joke? Uh, attention results, like you know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well, yeah, That's very fun. Yeah, but yep. um, but uh, no, it actually um, for actual um, <laughs> like stabbing a fucking human right with a bayonet. If you have a side-mounted blade bayonet like that, it's going to be a lot easier to pull it out of your target if you hit a rib. Because mm-hmm. if you had the later, like, bottom-mounted bayonet, and it's 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 vertical, it, it's going to stick in there, and it's going to, like, cause you to, like, have to pull as, it out. As fucked up as that sounds, that does come up a lot in memoirs. I was just reading a really good memoir about Pacific called Devil Dogs. It follows one company from the canal all the way to Okinawa. And there's a store in the canal. A guy got his fucking bayonet stuck in a Jap, and he had to shoot it off. Uh, yeah. It's like, as crazy well, and shooting it off, that's, that's also a trope. Oh, it could be a trope. He might have wrote that, he, he he wrote that in his memoir. That's if what this 18-year-old kid tried to do. Dude, but. yeah, if, if you fucking stab somebody and you shoot, it's not going to do a fucking thing to be able to pull the bayonet out. I understand, it but might, if you're panicked, yeah. you know, whatever, but... It's, hey, it, it looks, does happen. It it's, it's all it's all about how you remember it, right? Yeah. And it's all about how you remember it and write it down. But like, no, um, realistically though, like I've I've done experiments not on people, of course. <laughs> used that. to drive around but, Milwaukee, um, <laughs> to stab well, people. I'm five hours away from Milwaukee, so yeah. I'm stabbing. I'm stabbing bundles of trash in one like, scream. Duh. But no, uh, a side mounted bayonet like that like, makes a lot of sense. But it just it. When you're actually like shooting a rifle that can hit at six, you know, six hundred yards, that fucking thing does get unwieldy, and it's like just, just whatever. But they figured that out later. But it does. Um, it's actually a better concept than the later. I undermounted. I love how he loses his rifle in the movie. I thought that was yep. really well done and very cool. And just how he's yeah, because like, he thinks about going back for it. He just, just gives like, up. Fuck it. Yeah, like, yeah I, nope. I, I, it's <laughs> so like, human. Fuck it. Yeah, yep. like fuck it. Well, yep. shit. Yeah, it gets well, also the also. Like that. He doesn't have his fucking cartridge belt. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? He fired his shot at that guy, mm-hmm. right? Yep. That thing's a fucking worthless piece of shit. It's a, it's well, a, it's a fucking... It, it's a pike. Mm-hmm. It's a pike at that point. Like, yeah. But, like, I mean, these other guys have rifles. A pike versus a rifle? No. It's going to weigh you down. And that was a cool, like, quick human decision, like you're saying, mm-hmm. of, like, fuck it. Yeah, shit. Bad luck. The... the- the the so I'm gonna click on the real rifle that you said they should have. Yep. So they did have yes. cartridges for that though. So there's a cartridge. Uh, no, it uses they're, paper they're, cartridges actually. Yep, it's a paper cartridge. Oh. The um, idea was it's really fucking unreliable. Any t- yeah. The idea was why they were paper is because they were worried about having a um, problem with getting metallic cartridges. 
And paper cartridges could be made in any town in France. So that was the idea. So it was like anybody can make ammunition. So that's why they didn't go to metallic cartridges until a bit later. So so did it, did it have a magazine or was it a one fire? No, nope, one shot. shot. Uh, so that's you could fight. That, that's why I asked because he said he had one shot, and I was like, uh, "It's black powder, and you had to reload uh, every time." And it was about fifteen rounds before you couldn't close the bolt due to um, black powder following, and you had to yep. change it out. And after about sixty two hundred rounds, I'm not exactly sure, you had to change the front of the bolt face because it would wear out through all the shooting. So you know, in a, in a battle, you go through a cartridge, you know, box. You got to reload, that? dude. It's eighteen seventy. It's yeah. better than a musket. It's it's not a muzzle yeah. loader. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You can shoot a lot edge, faster. Th- this is cutting edge technology. Like, yep. The Germans but have good artillery you, in the war, and the French have great rifles. That's what they walk you, away with. But would you? But then would you like what? Would you carry a spare bolt? Yeah, you had, you had spare bolt heads. They're cork or rubber, and they just pop off. They're very easy oh. to replace. It's a needle gun. Oh, I'm picture. Oh, okay. I was picturing like, I was picturing like a whole new bolt because it said it got no, 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 just the front. But yeah. So, yeah. like, imagine, oh, okay. um, how, what's a good example that you'd understand? Nothing really modern. Uh, like a Lee Enfield. You know how, like, the front of it screws off? Yeah. So you could change it to, like, yeah, different, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, what do you call it? Headspace? Uh, yeah. Same thing. So imagine after every 60 rounds, you unscrew that and put a new one on. But did the, didn't the dry sill... Uh, it's different. That's the German one. Yeah, that, that didn't have, like, a cork or anything like that. Wasn't that it had a si- similar, head? but not, but it was worse, yeah. The, yeah, it was like a very thin, the thin it was like a thin firing pin needle thing. And the, the Dreisel, yeah, they're, they're both needle guns. They're very similar, yeah. but the Dreisel's a lot older, and it was more antiquated design, especially with the ammunition. Um, the Chaspo was, you know, four years old. It was very mm-hmm. new, and it was not really proven in combat. Um, the Dreisel's yep. day was really the early 1860s. There were a few battles the Prussians had against the Austrians yep. where they fucking ruined them. I think 1866 there was a really big one, and that kind of mm-hmm. like... That, I think, influenced the, actually the Chaspo's development. They're like, oh, shit, well, fucking look what they just did to them. You know, like, we got to advance. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. The French have always had really good cutting-edge we- infantry yeah. rifles at the beginning of their wars. Lebel, a little antiquated, but still great for, for what it was. Well, um, here's the thing is the French, in my opinion, like what I've observed is, like, they're either 20 years late or 20 years early. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> and they, either and either they, one fucks them. <laughs> Well, yeah, but, like, they never adapt. They're like, well, yeah, we have yeah. these, you know, and, like, uh, and they came out with the Berthier rifles in 1916. They really started manufacturing them. But, like, they had the they had the Berthier model, the design, the rifle, the carbine, rather, uh, from 1890. But they were like, no, the Lebel is a fucking superior rifle, whatever. We're, we're going to keep using it because we designed it and blah, blah, blah. And then in 1916, they were like, we need a new rifle. Well, we've got the Berthier. That was designed in 1890, or a little <laughs> bit before that. But, like, okay, we'll go with that. It's a little bit faster loading, but, like, it was too late at that point. But, like, the French, yes, they have really good weapons for 20 years ago, most of the time. Yeah. That's a very, very good way of putting it. Um, yep. But, no, it's interesting. And it's funny, again, conceptualizing things. You know, after this, all the European armies fight overseas, really. It's all colonial stuff. And the colonial, you know, things that happened in the 1870s actually are influenced box magazines and stuff. So it is it's very yep, interesting yep, how, like, you yep. know, th- when they come back to Europe in 44 years, you know, we've learned a lot about warfare, fighting in Africa. And well, the, the box mags, so. they happened in, like, the 1870s. But, like, started, oddly enough, the Dutch, yeah. were, the Dutch were one of the first uh, countries to actually, 
adopt a box magazine. Well, it the was, magazine cut it was off. really the Graw with its tubular magazine that kind of set the idea off because they had like the Shh. the whole like sure, but like we need the native the, power. We, we need to overpower the natives when they attack. You know, the, the yeah, but like switch. so. Okay, the Dutch came out with the Belmont Vitali 1871 rifle, mm -hmm. which is a cool rifle. And then in '77, they were like, "Well, we need to put a five or a four round box magazine on this fucker." And they were actually the, I think, one of the first, if not the first, but like one of the first, to have a box magazine on a fucking bolt action rifle, black powder, mind you, but like, it was like they were the one of the first ones to do that. The rest of them had tube mags, which is fine, but it's very finicky. The uh, box mag from the Dutch Beaumont Vitali rifle, I think, I it's my personal opinion, it's not a fact. I think that influenced a lot of like the 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 Mauser rifles that came out in like the late eighteen eighties and nineties and all that shit. Like for like, yeah, you can have that down there in the action and then the tubular magazine is not a factor because there are a lot of problems with that. Even though yeah, I, I know what you're saying. The the seventy one seventy uh seventy four um Mauser rifle which came out like after the Franco Prussian War, but like that had a tubular magazine, the 7174. And it's like, yeah, that's good, but like... To, to sum oh. all this up, this is an incredibly important time for weapons development and manufacturing. This is the most important time, in my opinion. Because you have blocks of, of periods of time where weapons are used. Like, you have the wheel lock. You have the flint lock era, you know, like... Yep. You have it forever. And then 1830s, 1840s, 1850s, right before the Civil War, you have, you know, modernization of firearms, standardization of parts, and then it just it takes off. You have one war, you learn a lesson where you make something that yes. leads to another lesson that leads to something. And then, then you have industrialists, like after the Franco-Prussian War, you have Hotchkiss, who came over from my home state, Connecticut, to France because, quote, the Americans won't fight each other, but the European sell the Europeans artillery so they can cut each other in half. That was his fucking basic slogan. And it, guess what? Hotchkiss fucking is you know, all around the world. Yeah. He made really good artillery shells. That's how he made most of his money in the 1870s. Because the French had a problem. They had shitty artillery. So guess what he ended up helping make? The French 75. <laughs> My opinion is the 1870s and 80s were the most influential times for even our modern. Like, you buy a Winchester Model 70. Well, that's based on an action that was devised in the 1880s. 150 years ago. More than that, 160. And and the crazy like, thing, and even in Europe, I mean, like, you know, the name Dreisel still... Dreisel. Dreisel, yeah. yeah, I know. It's I'm American, and I say it awful. Um, is that, it? you know, you still were having pistols and other yep. other weapons completely named named with his name, not actually named by, or not actually made by him, but the name still following these products yep. even now. I mean, it's, it's, it's actually incredible. Actually, the whole, the whole, uh, Dreisel 1907, uh, pistol, like that's, I, I, I did a deep dive on that and that's, and I figured out that he'd never touched that. That was just, that's just his name tied to it. And it was just companies buying companies thinking, oh, well he made the needle gun. So he's, the people will buy right. it cause his name's attached to it. It's just it's, so it's interesting like Colt, to see how that know, works. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Samuel Colt died long before. A lot of these other... The Colt 1911 won both of the wars for America. Too bad that John Browning designed that motherfucker. Yeah. I drove past the Colt but, hey. building today. 
Um, but uh, uh, yeah, anyway, like it's uh, it's really cool and like yeah. Um, to bring it back though, they apparently didn't have prizes. They only had percussion muskets. Yes, <laughs> that the guy gets to continue down the list. Yeah, they. Uh, that's uh, a uh, that's a Podstam. I'm pretty sure what they're using. Podstam. It's an Austrian fucking mm. um, percussion rifle or musket rather and um they would have definitely been using these it really like a reserve stuff. unit yeah yep uh field cannon is the only other one in here yeah that's very specific that and yeah we're, we're gonna analyze that to the point of um we don't fucking know it's big oh, iron it, tube it's a, it's a cast iron cannon <laughs> anyway yeah. so that's yeah. the hmftv it's uh, it's yeah. probably made by from some pipes they welded together Exactly. Yeah, very, very short, very short, uh, very short this time around. So. Short yep. and sweet. So sometimes you get that on IMFDB. You'll there'll only be like one thing mentioned. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the older yeah, it gets, it's not like the M4 Spectriser was used by the cavalry from Baden, and then you know the special Spec4 cavalry unit used the whatever. You know, it's just like oh, you get the short one, you get the long one. Let's go kill them. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, there's no real. Differentation as there is today with firearms and specialities and things. So mm -hmm. right. So yeah, I mean at least they had an I'm at FDB. Like yeah, mm -hmm. we've done other films nice. where we're like, what the fuck? I they don't know. have one. We should tally it. We, up. And it like, but this this one's got one. You know. Yeah. At least, I think eighty five percent of them have IMFDBs. So yeah, it's 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 a decent amount, but like there's some that I would expect. You know what I mean? Like this one, I would not have expected that to have an IMFDB. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would not have at all. And um, there's others where I'm like, this one doesn't. What the yeah. fuck? Like the last one we did. Yep. Right. But what the fuck was the, the, um, the Norwegian one? The 12, whatever. Yeah, twelve. Why the fuck doesn't that have one? <laughs> right. Like, what it's the fuck? Stupid. You know. Yeah. It, it, it's it's weird. So some other cool things about this film we could talk about quick, or uh, what do you call it? Um, this caused the end of the French Empire. You know, as we were saying, it really set the course um, for the First World War. But the Third Republic falls. In a, well, because the Prussians took over Alsace-Lorraine. Yeah. That was the huge thing. It's mm -hmm. like, that, that fucking region is, of all the uh, French, like, fucking nation states or whatever, that is the most contested because of you know, the German French kind of nationalities that lived there. And in World War One, it was funny because that was a German province, right? But when US troops went in there, they were all speaking French to them and like whatever, they're fine. But they were fighting the Germans there. So it's like, yeah, it's a fucking insane thing. But yeah, so that was and that was like the thing that the French were the most bitter about is they were like, you took an entire fucking region from us in this war. By force, we're not going to forgive you. And then we're going to fucking, you know, after the First World War, the French did some crazy shit in the Rhineland. But that's for another podcast. Yeah. But what I thought was interesting, because this happened in Germany after their defeat in the First World War. You know, there was a revolution that happened uh, in Bavaria. And also they tried to do it in Berlin, a communist revolution, you know, an overthrow. That happened in Paris. They actually took over Paris after the fact and they the communists tried to run it and have their own um you know french empire and the, the french had to ask the germans if they could rearm and take it out which they allowed them to do 
But I thought it was very interesting. You know, you forget about that. It's the 1870s. You know, communism and Marxism, those ideas have been around for a good 20 years. 10 years. You know? No, 10 years. What? Well, 1840s. Years. Late 1840s is, I think, when the manifesto comes out. But regardless, yeah, but, you know, yeah. it's just interesting yep. how I just forgot about that. So this is very interesting. You know, they collapse. You have this wave of revolutions just like Germany does in, you know, 50 years. Um, it was kind of cool. But we shall move on to ratings. Yep. And I start with Michael. What do you think? Well, um, yeah, uh, not, a, not a great movie. Um, I'd say it's, it's, it's all right. It's pretty good. Um, but, uh, the, the first half, really the only, like the third act into the end was what really, you know, moved me. So, uh, I'd say 4.5 out of 10, because I don't think it's terrible, but at the same time, I'm not like, it's, as a whole, it's not all there. Um, so for the things in it that I did like, which I say were the ending, the third act, I thought they were very, very interesting. So uh has some good stuff in it. It's on YouTube. It's free. So yeah, check it out. Nice. Who you nominates? Oh, yeah. Um, I'll pass it off to the man who couldn't stand it, and that is Old Bay Nathan himself. Crabby <laughs> <laughs> um, Bay. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a Maryland girlfriend. Um, <laughs> um, Marianne. Marianne Lynn. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it, it, it overall was, you know, to me, a flop, but not in the reasons that I think people would guess. Um, you know, I, I again... I think it's uh I think it suffers for it being a European film in in nineteen eighties, uh, particularly a French art house type of film in the nineteen eighties. That's just not really my jam, but I can respect for what it is. Um, I would have gone a different route entirely, um, but I can't really kind of knock it for it. It just was boring. It was slow for me. I suggest people watch it. Just be warned, it is very slow, very monotonous, uh, and just not quite you expect, but you might get something out of it that I didn't get. So I, I, I recommend people to give it a watch. It's free on YouTube, so if it's if it's free, go for it, but I wouldn't pay any money for it. Um, that's just my honest opinion. Um, I'm going to give it a... Five out of ten screen Mel Gibsons. I'll be nice to it. it, it like not nothing made me angry. You know what I mean? Like it's not hyena road levels of fury. So you know it's I'm not gonna punish it. Um, so I'm gonna say yeah. I'm gonna say like a five, five out of ten screen Mel Gibsons for that. Just just because it doesn't try to go out and do something it's just it's just a mark it's just a movie that missed its mark for me mild so, mel a my uh yeah a, mi- <laughs> a mild mel yeah i like that who do you pass uh, the talking pillow to mike b sorry okay um this thing fell short in many ways that i'm just gonna say straight up like we were talking about with uh, Danger Close, are you making a film about the Franco-Prussian War, or are you making a film about the kind of home front and like 
the things they had to endure because of the war. Like, what are we doing here? Like, either it's one or the other. You've got an hour, you've got ninety minutes, right? So it's a, well, it's about an hour and twenty minutes. So yeah, you go into it, and there's about you know five to ten minutes of actual the Franco-Prussian War, like in action. Okay, and again, not claiming that I'm one of these guys that like I have to have combat and fucking action shit, but it's like it was a story about a kid. You know what I mean? Like it just fell very flat. Overall, um, it was like, okay, you got this guy that, you know, I, I did like the part about where he actually like sold his lucky number. Cause that does, that did happen and does still happen today in countries. And, um, it's happened in the United States as well, but like, yeah, that, that's cool. But like he goes and he trains a little bit and then he fights for five minutes and then he meets a kid and then the entire rest of the film is about him and this kid's relationship. And it's like, okay, well, are you trying to tell a story about something that was extremely impactful on the people who were involved at that time and then subsequently? Or are you just trying to make it like a human relation film? Like, what are we doing here? So, yeah, that, it fell very short. Um, Pick one and don't fucking make it about, you know, don't try and sell it on the fact that it's about the Franco-Prussian War. Because, like, there's nothing out there about the Franco-Prussian War, and it's a very important event, and don't just do something like this. That that was my whole takeaway. Like, I also found it very boring, and, like, trying to get through it, and it fell flat, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, it just... I don't know what else to say. I think I've said what I need to, and, like, through the whole thing. But, yeah... So for me, this actually, it, the only reason it scores what I'm gonna, about to say is because it brings up, like I keep saying in all these podcasts, it brings up the attention of, oh, this conflict actually existed. You know, so people can actually go and fucking research it and maybe go into a deep dive about it and be like, oh shit, yeah, that was pretty brutal and disgusting and then it led to this shit and this shit. Um, but as far as the film itself, you know, late 80s, I get it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But still, just it just fell so flat from what it could could have been, I think. And I'm going to give it a 3 out of 10. Damn. Damn. Yep. <laughs> Brian. Interesting. Um yeah, you know, it's uh, just to reiterate, you know, it's probably the only Franco-Prussian War film out there worth watching. Um, as far as we know, there's a lot of older ones. Like, there's a lot of silent era films that are like this when I was looking it up. But, um, yeah, it's the one in the modern era. And uh, it's for an arch house, art house film. And, you know, it's it's what you'd expect an art house film to be. You know, the making certain decisions and things. It does suffer a lot from its technicalities and you know just a lot of things but i think at the end of the day it does tell a story you know um and because of that i'm gonna give it a pretty mediocre rating of like a seven it's got a shit ton of problems don't get me wrong but it's just the way that they use language and the way that the people react is just very interesting it's just amazing how quick we are to assume anything especially when you have a populace that's riled up 
you know, as the movie went on, I really was thinking a lot about the Axpo and the Oxpo incident. You know, oh, I love that movie. Yeah, and just that kind of stuff, like frontier justice and things, and um, that's what really pulls it up. Not the cinematography, not the fucking you know soothe sound, soothing sounds of jazz, like you know, it just that was weird. <laughs> As yeah. an editor and a cinematographer, this movie was painful. I feel like I mentioned earlier. I think there's a story we're never going to know about horrible production because they had to have shot more combat. There's just too many variables here for like you know them to make this and i think it's just in the end just a, a you know a lesson in filmmaking get all your shots get all your coverage and hopefully you can make something because if not it ends up like this so putting all the scores together to see uh if they ever will make another frank impression war film we get a 4.8 out of 10 so if it's a rainy thursday and you want to watch a movie this is uh you know Fire up or your you VCR, or or yeah. you fall or you fall asleep and you wake up at three a.m. Yeah, on TV. Yeah, yeah. Go get like, ninety-eight cent gas down, you know, yeah. the at the truck stop, and then come back with your Domino's. Just look up airport rented. meatballs, and you'll get the and then, same and then, results. And then, so. in the commercial breaks, you get pure moods coming on. The commercial breaks, <laughs> pure moods. <laughs> I shared that's the thing I shared last week. That's the thing you shared around. Yeah, with it was like that, like. Oh god, that like sail away, sail away, sail away. Yeah, that's the one that I got me. Like yeah. you know, <laughs> it's yeah. just oh my god. Whatever yeah. that opening song was, that's just what it's like. I didn't remember call, that one. Here, back to Return to Innocence by um 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 um. Yeah. It's Saturday. Goddamn. Uh yeah, whatever that first song was like, I like you, you Enigma, Enigma, Enigma. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you sent yep. that out. I yep. was like, I like, I immediately was just back like, to innocence. Yep. Okay, like sat right in front of my grandmother's TV in like fucking nineteen ninety. Yep, seven. I'm like, what the okay, fuck? incoming to scuttlebutt. Yeah, um, but uh, we'll put a link to this on the YouTube channel as well. I, I was gonna say I was. It's gonna be like behind enemy lines where I was. I threw that in there. Do you know? We we talk about this every time when we were trying to find a Franco-Prussian War movie. We kept trying to find. We kept trying to do this one, um, but we every time we think of it, we realized it wasn't a TV. It was it wasn't a movie. It was a TV series. What that that's a Danish uh, Prussian. That's a Danish Prussian War. Okay, never mind. Okay, something. No, there's yeah, literally TV nothing. Show. There's literally nothing out there about the Franco-Prussian War. Which like, is in, which is insane because it, it, it would is. be it would be very very interesting to I mean same thing with like Waterloo and stuff like you know we see all this stuff it's like there is right. a market yep it's also very interesting and this is a I know we want to end this soon but but the whole thing is like I've noticed since I think maybe the 1980s was the last kind of big push on on Napoleon and anything yeah European past like 1840 like 19th century european yeah there's like really nothing anymore it's like it's either people aren't interested or people don't have the budget or i don't know what it is but like there's a complete death in that in that um genre and i think it's that's what's really going to make uh ridley scott's napoleon very interesting to watch Hmm. which is coming out what next year yeah, it might uh, it might incite another boom year? in that, like a boom in that type of yeah. Cool. Is is isn't yeah. that Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon? Yeah. Am mm-hmm. I right? they said okay. yeah. he did it such a good job. They had to fucking rewrite the movie, like that's okay. how much of it. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the photos look amazing. 
Like, yeah, the photos look, look really, really good. good. Yeah. yeah, because Napoleon, it, you know, everybody like does the whole, oh, he was a short guy. That's how the people that didn't like him that knew how to write wrote yeah. him. He's about 5'8", which is pretty average. It's a little For bit time, taller yeah. than most of the people down there. Yeah. Like, he's a normal stature dude. And um, very fucking smart, very charismatic, very brutal. And, like, mm-hmm. fucking, you know, whatever. Like, he knew how to fucking lead. And, yeah, it's like... But Joaquin Phoenix, like, he he's somebody that I could actually see doing that. Yeah, yeah, and he's and he's really kind. Look of, at the photos uh, production; they look great. He, he's he's always really kind of grabbed a role and really gotten into it. Oh the other, yeah. The, the other the other thing that I'm I'm really looking forward to, in or or, or not looking forward to. Actually, I wanted to talk about the same era, and I I know it brought it with Sharps Rifles, and I know Brian hates the soundtrack. I think if I remember her conversations correctly. You have you have jazz, but then you have rock music for for sharps, and that's what makes sharps so good, though, to me. So I feel like that is like that is like the opposite of the same era, just better taste in music and better choice. I know, but Brian, are you the? Are you was it you and I who got into that argument? I can't about, do a riff. Yeah, dude, it's so like, good. Look, the Spanish are dead, dude. Like fucking, you know. UK. <laughs> I don't need fucking yeah slash in the background just being like Pew! it's like oh here comes the artillery dude it works but it works it's look it's better than I'll say this we're walking into a field with a kid yeah. bounce it's better than it's better than C minor like fucking like is there a mirror in the sky like you know where are we going it's what's happening next you know like there's mixed vibes with this with the kid and jazz music yeah. But with the rock music, you know, he's... This is a lot easier to make fun of as well. Yeah. 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 Yep. 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 Anyway. Should make, like, a a dubbed version of SPR where it's just jazz in the background. (laughs) It's like, you know, thunder, flash! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I could do that. Or, like, Battlefield 1, but, like, jazz sounds. You know, or sorry, uh, I'll probably watch the like front, old lady. Like just jazz sounds. Well, yeah. it's, that's, that's like a, how, like, I remember like Call of Duty World at War, the soundtrack had like electric guitar in it and shit like yeah. that, right? You know, that's a video game. I know, but like, I remember because then Fury was the same way. It had like the same kind of soundtrack where like, yeah. it was like, oh, but all of a sudden you'd hear like a dun dun dun, like electric guitar riff or something. I actually like Fury soundtrack. I don't know what you're talking about. I like it if it wasn't in that movie. I'm gonna see my. <laughs> you can cut the snape. I'm gonna see my oh, friends out and show oh, shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm gonna have that whole episode coordinated. My two tanker buddies go. So sometime in April we'll probably tackle that movie. I think. Um, okay. So they're down near you, Nathan, in Delaware. So. Oh. We gotta figure out Mike's. Sick. But that's my general friend and uh, my MI friend. So. Yeah, you've been oh, telling okay. me about that. That you want to get that. Those guys for that one. It's gonna be interesting. Yeah. You know. They'll hate weren't it for reasons on, you don't expect. Weren't, weren't so. they on it? Sorry? Are those, those people? Are those, those No, those people? are the English guys that I can also talk to about being on the episode. Okay. But then we'll have like 17 people in here. So because I, to, remember, I, remember, I remember you had friends who, were, who did the whole bidwack scene. Yes, I do. Yeah, the guy yeah. that fought Charlotte Buff. Yeah. Yeah. So I can see if he can come on. The guy that fucked Charlotte Buff? Yeah, he fought Fish Shia LaBeouf. fighting in the mud, Shia LaBeouf. Yep. <laughs> he fucked yeah. him like physically? No, no, no. Fought, fist fist fought, fought, fought him. Fought him. <laughs> Fought. Oh, fought. yeah. <laughs> he and Shia LaBeouf, they bumped uglies on set. Yeah, it was great. That, well, I was yeah. going to say, like, is there something that I don't know that you There's do? There's a physical <laughs> altercation that did not involve penetration. <laughs> okay, cool. I don't know why that rhymed. But, um, Bumping uglies. <laughs> you literally, it literally, you, you're like the guy that fucked Shia LaBeouf. Like, 
fought. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what I heard. Yeah. That's fought. what I heard. Fought. I'm like, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Fought. You I went to Massachusetts today, him. okay? I talked to some assholes. Fought. It's still pretty yeah, crazy, fucking. though. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty funny story. Um, but we'll definitely have that down soon. Anyway, um, it's a very interesting film for what it is. It's anyway, we're talking it, about fucking Shia LaBeouf. It, it, it turned <laughs> out... Um, yeah, whoops. It turned out differently than we wanted it to. You know, if we all want a good Frank Oppression. We, we all want a good movie about every single war to watch and just, you know, get into. Um, this is the best that's out there. So it's worth a watch and just to get involved in the history. What the fuck is and, going on? Nothing. And on that bombshell, <laughs> see you next week. Jesus Christ. Like a fucking... Hey, we're going to do the podcast. I just dropped Ow. a pen. <laughs> I did not do that. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave a rating. Otherwise, Mel Gibson won't stop screaming. If you like this content, make sure to check out our Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram pages. If you want to directly support our work, make sure to check out our Patreon. All these links are in the description below. Until the next time, Scuttlebutt out. We joined the French First Corps and out. This is beautiful. That was a nice break. That was I'm sorry. That was beautiful. I'm sorry. We should have. Well, that's a short. Fresh first Sorry. Brought to you by Coca Cola. That was like on the issue. That was like like a hair over a verb. No, this motherfucker's drinking squirt. Let's be honest here. He's drinking fucking squirt. Let's be honest. Just piss, okay. Man, I haven't seen that since I was in L.A. Squirt? Yeah. Squirt, yeah. Well, okay. Well, yeah, I just now realized that, okay. Never mind. Never mind. It's It's the pop. It's the pop that he's drinking. It's just a soda. Who is the It's just a soda. It's just a soda. Morty, it's just a soda. What's the big deal you guys ready for a 20-minute adventure? Yep. She says yeah. it's special and it's not pissed. It's just a 20-minute adventure, Morty. Nothing more, nothing less. Let's just go. We joined the French First Corps this week and... <laughs> God damn it. We joined the French... You cor- stop. <laughs> we joined the French First Corps this week in Alsace with Jean-Pierre... No, Pierre- not corpse. <laughs> no. I'm going to piss you off. With Jean-Pierre Denis's 1987 Franco-Prussian Don't War film... Don't do this. Field of Honor. Don't do this. No, uh, Brian, just restart one more time. I know I won't speak. Nathan knows his ass won't make a fucking sound. And Mike has been pretty good, so I'm not going to bitch at him. So, oh, pretty good. Put my, all right. I'm putting my hand on my hand. Uh, Brian, restart, and it's core. It's not corpse. A corpse is a body. <laughs>